coming to you from a cozy little condo high atop old Fort Ward, Atlanta. Welcome, Welcome to The Ron Show on America One Radio. Here's your host, Ron Roberts. Y'all thought we were just going to get right into spring weather, right? Not have any of these chilly days. Oh, Mother Nature says, got you. <laughs> Welcome to The Ron Show for Thursday, and uh, I'm a little excited. In fact, I may just race through this show and get right to my nighttime activity, which is, by the way, going to watch a movie with the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra performing to it and one of the stars of the movie speaking afterwards. I'm a geek. I'm a Trekkie. There it is. And I'm going to go see The Wrath of Khan for like the 85,000th time in my life, but I'm going to see it on a big screen with the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra performing and uh, my good buddy Ash is going with me. He, too, is a sci-fi Trekkie type. Uh, and we're just going to have a great time. Looking forward to that. So, anyway, I also had fun last night. And I want to thank uh, Melita Easters and the crew with the Georgia Windless for putting on a fantastic event for International Women's Day at the Georgia Freight Depot last night. So, uh, Melita held a legislative discussion with some of uh, our friends of the show, actually. Uh, Dr. Michelle Al was on the panel. Uh, Senator Sally Harrell was on the panel as well. Of course, there was our friend Melita, uh, as well as Sonia Halpern and Mary Margaret Oliver and others uh, having a good legislative policy discussion. <laughs> it was so substantive and so smart, and I felt, I, did, I, did, I literally felt smarter after having listened to these ladies talk about substantive policy matters. Not at all like what I would have felt like had I gone to CPAC. And there's <laughs> there's plenty of low-hanging fruit there to just kind of chortle and chuckle and mock. I, I kept thinking about the uh, one line, what was that one line that Mark Levin had? This can never be said at a Democrat gathering. Look at all the beautiful women here. Sir, I beg your pardon. First of all, why are we objectifying women? And does this not answer the question that conservatives always have? Why do we not perform better with women and people of color and Hispanic Americans? Uh, The LGBTQ plus. Stop denigrating them and maybe they'll warm up to your idea. No, they won't. But anyway, uh, by the way, uh, I beg your pardon, sir. She's not called Dr. Michelle. Ow. For nothing. Okay, I can say that because I'm a gay guy. Can I say that because I'm a gay You know what? I'm going to take the pass. I can say that because I'm a gay guy. No, she's lovely. There are lots of lovely women there. Not that it matters. What it, I mean, I'm not there to objectify them. Again, because I'm a gay man. No, because it's just the wrong thing to do. Don't objectify people based on the way they look. I mean, there was a time I kind of was crushing on Tucker Carlson, but he was back on CNN, and he was so much more innocent then, and that... That dopey, confused look was kind of attract. Oh, God, I'm just burying myself deeper in a hole, right? <laughs> no, I wish I actually had some audio to share with you because the, the, the discussion was just smart. It was cogent. It was informative. It lacked one-liners and quips and swipes at the opposition. It was just grown-ups talking. And... It was some of the foremost current and future leaders of Georgia politics who just so happened to be women. It was awesome. I was actually a little late getting there, but I got there just in time for the panel discussion. If there were speeches before then, I missed it, and I apologize. 
but uh, the car had an appointment at the Mazda dealership in Roswell, and Roswell to downtown, while only like, I think it was 11 miles. 11 miles? Oh my God, that's an hour and a half in Atlanta traffic. So it's just a touch late getting there. It was still a fantastic event, and I want to thank Melita for uh, uh, putting that on and uh, the Georgia win list as well, and look forward to doing that again next year. And made some new friends, too. I met, who did I meet yesterday? I met um, Stacy Reese. She and her husband um, are about to launch a new podcast that I'm pretty excited about. Um, let's see, who else did we meet? Oh, oh, I've got to uh, mention these ladies. The Atlanta Grandmas for Peace. Love them. Already joined their Facebook group, even though I'm not a grandma. But I'm, I'm an Atlantan for peace. Anyway, so uh, that was a, a fun event, and I want to... Uh, Thank everybody for being so warm and hospitable. And of course, the food was clutch because since I was in traffic for so long, I didn't get to have dinner. Which brings me to my beef. <laughs> Atlanta, Metro Atlanta, we got to grow up. We got to grow up and we got to fund up. We got to get this Marta thing better than it is. I mean, I guess I could have taken the car to the North Spring Station and gotten on a Marta all the way to downtown. I probably would have gotten there faster if I had done that, right? And then after the event, get back on Marta. And go back to North Springs to get my car then. You know what? I should have done that. Oh, what was I thinking? But we also don't have Marta all the way to Roswell, which would have been much easier. But y'all already know, right? From Roswell on up, that, that portion of Fulton County, they almost think they're another county. In fact, I think they want to be another county. We've seen some evidence of that in the near future. Don't be surprised if that's the next de-annexation method. And by the way, the ladies had a substantive conversation about that. And whether or not that is going to live to see another day or not, it looks like, as as Senator Halpern said last night, it's dead for now. I would also be remiss if I did not mention this. Uh, we learned this actually at the uh, Winlist event last night. One of the panelists couldn't make it because her close friend, uh, Georgia State Representative Tish Nagisi, had passed away. Uh, Nagisi is a Democrat who was elected last fall from the Fayetteville area apparently passing away uh, due to a, a recent illness, although uh, more details were not disclosed. Uh, Nagisi used to be a regional field director for the Democratic Party and a delegate to the DNC, the Democratic National Convention, in 2020, and then won last fall with 63% of the vote. And special election information has not yet been set, but our condolences to the representative's family and her constituents on that sad news. Okay, so I spent a good bit of time talking about all of the revelations from the Dominion v. Fox News lawsuit and how we now know that Tucker Carlson hates Donald Trump, can't wait to be done with dealing with him, et cetera, and so on. And I I spoke, I think, yesterday a little bit about this and how, like, this, when is the civil war going to happen that we've been hearing about for so long within the GOP? Well, Newsmax kind of wants to go in on this. Eric Bowling talking to Carrie Lake last night. Listen to this. You no, know, this whole this whole revelations of of the emails that that Tucker Carlson at Fox was texting to or emailing to or texting some of his producers and whatnot, and and one of them is really disturbing to me. It's um, I hate him passionately that Tucker said about President Trump. I mean. How uh, how do you? I think people are giving Tucker a pass on this, but I just mm. I can't. I just can't get past this, Carrie. I can't understand how a guy who can portray himself as a huge Trump fan on television, saying he he hates him passionately, is very very much looking forward to a day he didn't have to cover Trump. Uh, 
being in the White House mm. every day. By the way, let's point out that this is Eric Bowling on Newsmax, not Fox News. Newsmax competing now with Fox News for the conserva crazy TV audience. All right, let's hear what Kerry had to say about this. Well, I, from the way you describe it, it sounds awful. I have not read the emails, so I'm reluctant to comment and um, say anything that would disparage Tucker because I haven't read all of the emails to even know um, what context that was in, but it sure on the surface sounds awful. And um, hopefully he's had a change of heart and realizes that President Trump is the greatest president we've ever known, mm. and he is the man to turn this around. And I'm I'm assuming with the footage he put out on January 6th and the work he's doing to get the word out that there were so many lies told by our men and women in Congress. Our elected officials told so many lies about January 6th, and we have a lot of people who are political prisoners sitting in jail, in prison right now, who mm. need to be let out. And I'm, I'm happy that he's doing that kind of work, but I just don't know enough about uh, the context of those emails. I haven't read them myself, so I'm reluctant to comment on that. No, no doubt. Wow. That was kind of nice of Kerry on behalf of Tucker Carlson, right? Who, I mean, I get it. If Kerry is going to run for office again, is going to need safe space on Fox News and Newsmax and OANN. So she just decided to punt on piling on Tucker Carlson. <laughs> and by the way, I'm going to have a little bit of fun later in the show with this whole January 6th footage scenario. It's just kind of bizarre, right? That we're looking at some cherry-picked, hand-picked, oh, look, this was people not participating in an insurrection within the building. So obviously, everything you saw that was an insurrection in and around the building was hyped up or couldn't have really been as big a deal as you thought because, look, I've got video from elsewhere in the building and on the grounds that show there was nothing happening there. What a sleight of hand, right? Craziness. I mean, the fact that you even have like 10 or more Senate Republicans saying, Tucker, Kevin, dude, we were there. We know what was happening. We were, Josh Hawley, the, the Josh Hawley running out of the building clip. He wasn't, he wasn't running to catch an Uber. He wasn't running because his DoorDash got dropped off and he wanted to make sure he tipped the guy. That's not why Josh Hawley was running to the door. Josh Hawley didn't hear a cat go hook, 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 because he was afraid the cat was going to hurl on a rug. <laughs> oh, man, this is funny stuff. I'll bring up some things in history to point out that they didn't really happen because they didn't happen anywhere. More Ron Show on America One Radio next. Aside from being politically savvy and a commentator of all things public policy and pop culture, I'm also a realtor with EXP Realty. And I don't know if you saw this recently, but Housing and Urban Development, HUD, decided, you know what? First-time homebuyers deserve a break on their mortgage insurance premium. It's a way that you, the individual buyer, can save on your mortgage insurance premium. It had been spiked up about 11, 12 years ago after the housing crash to 0.85% the cost of the mortgage. Well, they lowered it to 0.55%. And that can save you, I don't know, anywhere from 60 to 75, maybe $100 a month, depending on the price of the home you're going to purchase. Now, you may not think that that's a big deal, but if you are a renter right now, ask yourself, is your landlord going to cut your rent by 75 to 100 bucks a month? We both know the answer. Stop patting your landlord's bottom line and start patting your own when you buy your first home. Give me a call, 843-283-0078. 
or email me, ron at rononthereal.com. Georgia MLS 396-720. Your kids about the dangers of vaping can be hard. Getting them to listen to hot gossip is easy. So here's some drama you could share with your kid. Dude, did you hear about Cassie and Jake? No, but did you hear that vaping can cause irreversible lung damage and nicotine affects brain development? <gasps> Nuh-uh. You don't need to gossip if you want to have an open conversation about vaping. So if you want to get tips on when and how to talk to your kids, visit talkaboutvaping.org. Brought to you by the American Lung Association and the Ad Council. Hey, don't just listen to The Ron Show. Support The Ron Show. If you and your business would like to have your advertising done on this show, you know, it's pretty easy. You can drop me an email, ron at ronshowetl.com. You can also call me anytime you like, 404-919-2725. You can also just be a listener if you don't have a business. I mean, that would be most of you, right? Follow us on your preferred podcast platform by following any of the links we've got provided for you there on the podcast tab at ronshowatl.com. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, links there for you as well. Follow The Ron Show on Twitter at RonShowATL. The Ron Show on America One Radio. Not going to lie, I don't really understand the point of House Speaker Kevin McCarthy unloading some footage from January 6, 2021 on Tucker Carlson's desk for him to then run to the airwaves and share some just pedestrian moments that day in and around the Capitol. I don't understand what the point is. If if the point is to say it was a normal day, just like any other, well, no, it, it, it was, and then it wasn't. It's a lot like saying, well, you know, Tuesday, September 11th, 2001 was actually a, a beautiful morning. I mean, where I lived, it was, it was actually nice and sunny and, New York City that day, too, as I recall. And the overwhelming majority of flights that morning were safe. It was a overwhelmingly safe day to fly. Was it? Nearly 3,000 Americans died that day. More than 2,400 Americans died at Pearl Harbor, December 7, 1941. But it was an otherwise pretty day throughout most of Hawaii as history shows, was it a pretty calm and tranquil day in Hawaii that day? I mean, in most of Hawaii, sure, but at Pearl Harbor, it was it was pretty awful. Japan, up until that point, pretty peaceful country, right? Yeah, for the life of me, I don't understand what the point is with the McCarthy-Tucker Carlson partnership here to portray this narrative that even Kevin McCarthy, the day of, spoke against. The next day, spoke against Trump in particular. Tucker Carlson had unkind words to say on January 6th, 2021. Tucker Carlson said this on the air, January 6th, 2021. When thousands of your countrymen storm the Capitol building, you don't have to like it. We don't. You can be horrified by the violence, and as we said, and we'll say it again, we are horrified. It's wrong. Now listen, Tucker Carlson, his producer, his fan base, who know what he said that night, might say, "Uh, uh, Ron, you're taking that out of proportion because you didn't share his full statement. Oh no, that's true. There is more to that clip. Let me play that for you. But if you don't bother to pause and learn a single thing from it, from your citizens storming your Capitol building, then you're a fool. 
You lack wisdom and you lack self-awareness. You have no place running a country. We got to this sad, chaotic day for a reason. It is not your fault. It is their fault. Now, isn't that just f***ing rich? Oh, I see. Because these people felt wronged, mostly because they were misled by Tucker Carlson, by Fox News, by Jenna Ellis and the Trump legal team, the Trump campaign, Donald himself. They felt wronged. They were wrongly feeling wronged, however, and he refuses to accept some responsibility for that. But no, I mean, seriously, how f***ing rich is it that Whitey McWhiterson here on Fox News Channel, unfair, unbalanced, from the right, wants to dare say, well, these people are acting out for a reason. If you're not trying to figure out why, then you're a fool. Hello, civil unrest in 2020. Hello, civil rights struggles. You guys spent all that airtime talking about lawless rioters, but anyone who didn't try to understand why that was happening, you'd put on the air. Hell, you were on the air being one of those people. And yet, the one time the silent majority feels like they were wronged, misled into thinking that, I will repeat, you want to pin the blame on those who aren't trying to understand why they feel the way they did and why they got so hostile the way they did. Oh man, dude, I'm sorry. We'll say it again. That is just rich. No, seriously, hear me out. I want you to hear what he said again, and then I'm going to put it into some context that he doesn't intend for it to be put in. But if you don't bother to pause and learn a single thing from it, from your citizens storming the streets, then you're a fool. You lack wisdom and you lack self-awareness. You have no place running a country. Huh. Uh, let's run that back and do it again. But if you don't bother to pause and learn a single thing from it, from your citizens storming a federal courthouse, then you're a fool. You lack wisdom and you lack self-awareness. You have no place running a country. Okay, hear me out. I want to try this one more time. But if you don't bother to pause and learn a single thing from it, from your citizens storming a Minneapolis police precinct, the White House, the streets of Kenosha, Sanford, Florida, Ferguson, Missouri, then you're a fool. You lack wisdom and you lack self-awareness. You have no place running a country. Well, hell, when you put it that way, I have never agreed more with Tucker Carlson. I mean, even more so the fact that he is inferring that his audience has a right to be upset. He almost gets it. No, they have a right to be upset. Not storm the buildings, destroy property, and threaten to kill elected officials upset, but upset nonetheless. And I've been saying this for a while. When is the fever going to break and, and, and the clouds part and the aha moment click with that tribe? When are they going to realize that Tucker's right? They have a right to be upset. They should be upset. The problem is they should be upset at him for misleading them at Fox News and Newsmax and One America News Network. 
for misleading them, for feeding them information on the television screen that led to them concluding one thing, while behind the scenes, knowing another, but not relaying that onto the television screen because ratings and profit mean more than telling the truth. And at the end of the day, if you are a cable news network, is it not your job to tell the truth? Oh, that's right. I forgot. Fox doesn't consider themselves so much a news network in prime time. They consider themselves entertainment. The thing is, we live in a country where you can yell fire in a crowded theater, and unless somebody is killed from it, you're not going to be charged with much more than maybe a misdemeanor. Well, people did die on January 6th, and our peaceful transition of power almost died with it. So what charges should those who are complicit face, including Tucker Carlson? Take The Ron Show wherever you go. Download the America One Radio app to your smartphone and listen on the go. Or in traffic wishing you were on the go. The Ron Show on America One Radio. I don't know about you, but what is the exact opposite of FOMO? The fear of others missing out. Would that be FUMO? (laughs) I have FUMO. Sometimes when I watch uh, a TV show on a streaming service that most people I know don't have. Uh, And actually, I have access to most of the streaming services. I'm still waiting on the Chris Rock comedy special to land on the... the, well, I have this fire stick that I got from a friend of mine, and uh, he set it up, and so I, I, I get just about everything. Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, uh, Apple Plus, which I actually pay for separately, so I feel like I'm kind of, well, no, whatever. I, I, I paid for this device, and I have like all kinds of access to things that I probably wouldn't have otherwise without it, and I'm not going to tell you what country it's from or whatever. Uh, I have access to all of these shows and all of these shows that come from all these various streaming services. And I paid for it, so I'm thinking they all got their money, too, I hope, maybe, whatever. Um, anyway, one of my favorite shows is The Problem with Jon Stewart. Jon Stewart, you'll remember, was host of The Daily Show for many years and was never shy about diving into some contentious political dialogue when necessary. Last week's episode of The Problem with Jon Stewart, he talked about guns, and he's done it before on The Daily Show. Anybody who's ever watched the episode of The Daily Show where he goes in on the Tiart Amendment, Todd Tiart was, a, uh, I believe, a congressman in Oklahoma who passed an amendment to a law that essentially neutered the, alcohol, uh, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms within the FBI, made it ridiculously impossible for the ATF to do their job. And this wasn't back in like the early or late 1990s. This was like maybe 10 years ago, 15 tops. The internet still existed. We were on Facebook by then. We were off of MySpace. Um, But there were laws put into practice that the ATF couldn't keep digital records of gun purchases and sales. It all had to be done on, on paper. And they could only visit a retailer so many times uh, within a a year. And of course, we're so understaffed that they actually couldn't even do that within a third of the time. It was insane. Uh, There's there's a couple of YouTube clips. Uh, One one is called There Goes the Boom. And the other one is called There Goes the Boom ATF. You can find that. I'm not going to play it for you because they're two long segments. But I do have some segments 
uh, f- from the problem with John Stewart uh, that I want to share with you because they're on YouTube. I think I can just share them. They're, they're just you know promo clips from the show in hopes that, of course, you will subscribe to Apple TV Plus and watch this show yourself so that I don't have FUMO anymore. He goes in on guns and Republican hypocrisy on their uh, kvetching and hand-wringing and pearl-clutching about crime. Listen to this. A ton of research shows that the strongest and clearest link to increased murder and lethal violence is more guns. And knowing how upset the right is over this spike in crime, they must be ready to pounce on this new information. Guns better watch the backs. Put guns in the hands of the good men and women. We want to arm our teachers. Commercial pilots should be armed. Guns save lives. Yes, Republicans are the first to pounce on crime spikes while never acknowledging that it's their dismantling of reasonable gun regulation that's enabled the f***ing thing in the first place. It means the right's whole law and order persona is bullshit, especially this part. Now is the time to support our law enforcement. We will never defund the police. Republicans back the blue. We proudly stand with our brave men and women in blue. Uh Uh-huh. Yes, I know that. (laughs) You're losing her. Say something about pronouns. (laughs) Look, this isn't about banning guns, but all the loosening of any regulation or restriction or permitting requirements around guns actually the blue. Don't believe me? Ask the blue. Call your representative. Call your senator. Let them know that this is bad, bad legislation. In Florida right now, you're, you're in Florida. That's correct. They're about to pass a permitless carry. What would be the advantage, safety-wise, of permitless carry? There is no benefit to the community. So right now in Florida, just last year, um, because people tried to apply for a carrying cell firearm permit, over 7,000 people were turned down. 7,000 people turned down from getting a permit. It has become a political issue. And so, somewhere along the lines, we stopped listening to law enforcement. Uh, the men and women um, who, who patrol the streets uh, every night at risk of their own lives. Or go ask the street cop what he or she thinks about um, encountering Lots of people with a gun stuck in their waistband. It's not going to make our communities safer. It's going to make them more dangerous. That was John talking to one of his panelists, former sheriff of Orange County, Florida, John Mina. And then later on, he got to talk with an Oklahoma state representative. Oh, man. Here is State Senator Nathan Dom. I'm a strong proponent of the Second Amendment. Uh-huh. I believe the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Uh-huh. That's the one right that's listed in the Constitution that uses that very specific shall affirmative language, you know, shall not be oh, infringed. Oh, it's also the one right that uses the, the phrase well-regulated. Mm. Correct, when it's talking about the militia and the state. By the way, just for clarity's sake, yeah. I'm not against the Second Amendment. I'm not against, I don't want to ban guns. But you're saying more guns makes us more safe. Yes. So when... We got 400 million guns in the country. We had an increase and gun deaths went up. So when exactly does this curve hit that takes it down? Would a billion guns do it? Let's just run those numbers. You know, 400 million, 50,000. Uh-huh. You're talking about a less than a fraction of not even a percent, of a hundredth of a percent. But it goes up, not down. So your argument is backwards. But if you want, okay, so so let's let's come up with a solution, okay? so. One of the issues, a contributing factor, again, I I believe it's the individual that is the problem. So your solution to that is 
give them more guns. So I'm saying that because people are the problem, we need to look at the problems that those people are facing and how do we address it. For but instance, you've removed the ability for the state to do that. No, because, you, because you're... If uh, you don't have background checks mm -hmm. and you don't have registration and permitting, how do you know who has a problem in terms of the people who you're giving a gun to? Do you want to talk about the background checks first or do you want to talk about solutions first? I want to talk about... What you're doing is you're bringing chaos to order. Mm, that's your subjective opinion, you, that it's bringing chaos to order. It's not my subjective opinion. We it have 50,000 gun-related deaths. That's not a subjective opinion. Okay, so that's dead people. Mm. Let, me, let me back up for a second. In every other place in your life, you want to bring order. But guns are the outlier for you. So let's start with immigration. You want registration, maybe a wall, maybe not a wall. Why do you want that? Well, one of the reasons is because of the fentanyl crisis. Right. I mean, okay, but... You, and but, you don't know when it's coming across. So what do you but do... But the fentanyl crisis is twice what the gun death crisis okay, is. Okay, so, so until the gun crisis gets no, to the fentanyl level... Not until it. You don't want to bring order. No, not until it. But, but do you see my talk, point? If we're going to talk about protecting lives, that's a larger issue in uh -huh. America yes. than guns is. If we're talking about individual lives yes. of ways that they can be protected, loss of life in America. There's loss of life through fentanyl. There's loss of life through obesity. The obesity crisis in America mm -hmm. costs six times the number of lives as guns. Right, and, and so, you're the guy saying, you know what would help this? Ice cream. <laughs> no. So, you know what would help the problem that we're facing with firearms? What? The fatherlessness crisis that we have in America. If you look at the statistics... Right. Yeah, they're 80, dying from gun deaths. 80% yeah. of school shooters uh -huh. either came from a broken or fatherless home. Uh -huh. So you, you would say no guns for fatherless homes? No, that's not what I would say. Oh. I would say that fathers need to be more engaged. Great. Uh, so let's... Crime let's with a firearm more, if they don't have a father in the home. Let's put more resources into areas that are poverty-stricken. All for it. And into fatherlessness. Mm. And that's something that we're, but we're doing But why with guns are you against bringing order? I'm not against bringing order. You are. You're also making it less safe yep. for cops and for people. When the police go to a domestic call, it's the most dangerous call they can go on. Mm -hmm. In your world, if they knew that there were firearms in the house, that's a safer call. Is that what you're saying? No, because police... Because why? because police treat every situation as a, pot a potential... But aid. more guns makes us safer. So why don't, when the police go to a house filled with guns, why don't they breathe a sigh of relief knowing that this Second Amendment that shall not be infringed is being exercised so fruitfully in this home? Are you familiar with the 39-year-old woman in New Jersey? I'm familiar that, with a ton of anecdotes. That, yeah, no, I'm asking not, you a this simple question. This is not an anecdote, When John. the police this actually go to a house. She had a restraining order on her ex-boyfriend. I can run through I know, we can hundreds run through and that. hundreds of examples mm -hmm. of women killed by their domestic partners by guns Ooh. that were not taken away through uh, uh, the lessening of red flag laws. You're pivoting but to anecdotes. No, this is not anecdotes. What the police say, if we had gun registration, if we were able to track purchases, if we are, they have a technology that every bullet would be stamped with an individual like a fingerprint. If we had an ATF that wasn't defunded, Bingo. we would be able to enforce gun laws more effectively and we would be able to solve gun crimes more effectively. You're against all of that. Yep. Because the person 
is the threat, not the firearm, not the knife. I get the, it. The person and the individual Great. is the one that is the concern Great. here. But you don't want anything that could help law enforcement or society determine whether or not a person is a good guy with a gun or a bad guy with a gun. Most the even registry would allow you to have much more effective background checks. Mm -hmm. So I don't understand why you won't just admit that you are making it harder for police to manage the streets by allowing all of these guns to go out without permits, without checks, and without background stuff. Why is that hard? Why can't you just stand by that? Because that's not what I'm doing. I'm mm. defending the individual's right to keep and bear arms. That's a different argument. Okay, but you may do. Here's, here's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. You want to say I'm a Second Amendment purist and I'm making it safer. You're not. You're making it more chaotic. Thank and you. that's not a matter of opinion. That's the truth. That is a matter of opinion, John. But why take away their tools? Because certain of their tools that they're using would be infringements upon the people's right to keep and bear arms, upon their constitutional rights, upon due so process, you're saying upon other things. That registering is an infringement. Yes. What? Okay. Is voting a right? It's a right for citizens, yes. Do you have to do anything to do it? Yes. What do you have to do? It depends on the state. What do you have to do? Sometimes you have to you have to be at least 18 years old. What do you have to do? And in going. some places you have to uh -huh. have a government issued ID. What do you have to? You have to. You have to be on the voter rolls. Register. You have to register. Hmm? So you have to register to a right. Is that an infringement? Does the right to voting say shall not be infringed? Oh, so this is just a semantic argument now. No, it's not. You believe voting rights can be infringed because it doesn't say specifically. Is it shall an, not be infringed. Is it an infringement upon a 17-year-old's right to vote? Uh, the 26th Amendment clarifies that to be 18 years of age or older, so no. Anyway, let me continue. They don't have that right to vote. No. Oh, we, it's not an infringement on them? No, okay. ab absolutely not. Why not? Because you're, you're the one making the argument, not me. I'm saying even rights have responsibilities, and that within those responsibilities responsibilities, are responsibilities yes. and order, otherwise it's chaotic. I'll go you one further. You want to ban drag show readings to children. To my why? House, yes. Why? 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 What are you protecting? Why can we prohibit <laughs> children from voting, those under 18 from voting? Why are you banning, that? Is, is that free speech? Are you infringing on that performer's free speech? They can continue to exercise their free speech, just not in front of a child. Why? Because the government does have a responsibility to protect. I'm sorry? The government does have a responsibility uh, in certain instances to What's the children? leading cause of death amongst children in this country? And I'm going to give you a hint. It's not drag show readings to children. Correct, yes. So what is it? I'm presuming you're going to say it's firearms. No, I'm not going to say it like it's an opinion. That's what it is. It's firearms. More than cancer, more than car accidents. And what you're telling me is you don't mind infringing free speech to protect children from this amorphous thing that you think of. But when it comes to children that have died, mm. you don't give a flying f to stop that because that shall not be infringed. That is hypocrisy at its highest order. Okay, this is the part where I tell you that I'm suffering from FUMO, fear of others missing out. The problem with John Stewart is on Apple TV Plus. Please get that. There's fantastic shows, by the way, on that. Ted Lasso's coming back later this month. Hello. Uh, is it, is it shrinking? Shrinking is fantastic. Harrison Ford is on. Oh man. I love that show. That is a new one. That's, uh, that's out right now. And like five or six episodes in fantastic show to watch. You don't want to miss that. Uh, echo three. I'm loving that. 
let's see. The morning show's coming back soon, I'm sure, I hope. Anyway, Apple TV Plus, the problem with Jon Stewart, I have fear of you missing out. Floymo. More Ron Show on America One Radio after this. Aside from being politically savvy and a commentator of all things public policy and pop culture, I'm also a realtor with EXP Realty. And I don't know if you saw this recently, but Housing and Urban Development, HUD, decided, you know what? First-time homebuyers deserve a break on their mortgage insurance premium. It's a way that you, the individual buyer, can save on your mortgage insurance premium. It had been spiked up about 11, 12 years ago after the housing crash to 0.85% the cost of the mortgage. Well, they lowered it to 0.55%. And that can save you, I don't know, anywhere from 60 to 75, maybe $100 a month, depending on the price of the home you're going to purchase. Now, you may not think that that's a big deal, but if you are a renter right now, ask yourself, is your landlord going to cut your rent by 75 to 100 bucks? a month? We both know the answer. Stop patting your landlord's bottom line and start patting your own when you buy your first home. Give me a call 843-283-0078 or email me ron at rononthereal.com. Georgia MLS 396720. Want to be on the show? Have a cause or campaign you'd like to speak up for? Email ron at ronshowatl.com or call 404-919-2725. The Ron Show on America One Radio. So before we're done for the day, uh, you, you, you got to notice, right, that the Georgia General Assembly couldn't deal with the runoff situation. And I don't mean like flooding runoff. I'm talking about runoffs. We, we couldn't get rid of runoffs. Right, right now, we, we're still on the hook for potential election runoffs, which is kind of crazy given the... Uh, the SB202, the election law that went into effect that shortened the window for the runoffs. I mean, that's great. We don't have to deal with six weeks of campaign TV commercials bludgeoning our airwaves. We just get the what the, the quick little two, four-week thing, yeah. But also the holiday situation that we incurred last year because one of those weeks was Thanksgiving, which was cutting into early... Vo- that's not going to get dealt with. Not going to get dealt with. Despite the fact that uh, Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger gave some ideas, some suggestions, lawmakers have uh, decided that's just not something they're going to deal with right now. Of course, uh, Republicans put their attention more on uh, election funding and vote challenges and drop boxes and trans youth, and some of them wanted to carve Atlanta into a shell of its former self. Cannot deal with runoffs. They make all this noise about wanting to be fiscally responsible and, you know, doing things, you know, limited government. And this is an obvious uh, bloat and, and, and overspend. And we, we can't we can't fix this. We are one of only three states in the nation. And the company we keep here isn't good. Louisiana, Mississippi, the other two. Not exactly the shining beacons of democracy and, you know. Governance, wellness, is that a term? Not, not the shining cities on the hill. Louisiana, Mississippi, and Georgia. The only three states in the country that require runoffs when candidates fall short of winning a 50% plus in a general election. Most states give their uh, election victories to whichever candidate win the most votes, even if it's less than 50%. Georgia, hmm. Nope, we're, we're right there with Mississippi and Louisiana. I mean, we just went through 
three Senate races in the last two years that went to runoffs. And our legislators just decided to, eh, maybe some other time. I mean, I guess I can treat this like uh, like Sonia Halpern did uh, yesterday at the, the win list uh, function. It's dead, but you never say never. Maybe, maybe there'll be some flickering of life to this. We're all just kind of burned out on this stuff. And look, this is something that the public wants. 58% of those polled in an AJC poll done in January, 58% want something done. Here's how it was worded. Currently in Georgia, if no candidate receives a majority of the vote in the general election, there is a runoff election between the two candidates with the highest vote share in order to determine the winner. Should Georgia eliminate runoff elections and make the candidate who receives the most votes in the general election the winner? 58% say yes. Now, I'm not necessarily sure I agree with that, but I'd love for there to be a discussion because runoffs are kind of dumb. Ranked choice, once it's explained to you, kind of makes sense. Ranked choice would have eliminated runoffs. I think we'd have wound up with the same results. Pretty sure we would have. But here we are with no solution. I mean, there were cases uh, like in 2020 where John Ossoff wouldn't have won in the first vote. Ugh, would have been stuck with Kelly Leffler. But in a ranked choice scenario where we all voted for who we want to vote for first and then who our second choice is, John Ossoff and... Uh, Reverend Senator Raphael Warnock would have would have come out victorious. And the same would have happened in 2022 with uh, Reverend Senator Warnock running against Herschel Walker because there was that libertarian guy running and he kind of mucked up the works just a touch. Ranked choice, it's the way to go. If you don't know enough about it, please read up on it. And then employ your legislator to push for this. If we can't get this done by the end of the session, Maybe next year? I don't know if it'll it'll even factor in the 2024 races by then, though. Come on. Okay, sorry. Enough whining for me. I just really wanted something done on that. That, to me, seemed like something we could all have come to a consensus on. Damn it. Uh, March 9th, today's Inspiring Women. It is Women's History Month. Yesterday was International Women's Day. So today we carry on with our tradition this month to talk to you about some inspiring women, like Sue Lee. A labor organizer in San Francisco, born on this day in 1910, she led the 15-week strike against National Dollar Store's Garment Factory for better wages and working conditions. Hmm. Do y'all remember organized labor? Ah, those were good times. (laughs) And then there's Graciela Olivares, a Chicana activist, born on this day in 1928. She was the first woman and first Latina graduate from Notre Dame Law School and one of the first two women on the board of Mexican-American Legal Defense and Education Fund. There you have it. Both born on this day, March 9th, Sue Lee and Graciela Olivares. We'll continue with uh, more women's history notables tomorrow and throughout the month of March. All right, that's going to do it. I'm going to hop in the shower because I got a date with William Shatner. Well, not really, but sort of. And the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra. Sort of. Very much so. Oh, oh, and Ricardo Montalban and that prosthetic chest that he had in that movie. I mean, come on, that was a prosthetic chest, right? Wrath of Khan, that was prosthetic. That wasn't really Ricardo Monteblan, right? It's kind of a off-debated thing.
No, that couldn't have been Ricardo Montalban's real chest. Anyway, I'm going to go see The Wrath of Khan with the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra performing, and then William Shatner's going to speak afterwards. Geek Fest, I am out. I'll see you guys <laughs> tomorrow, 5 to 6 p.m. on the America One Radio app, AmericaOneRadio.com. On all the major podcast platforms after the show airs a little bit after 6 o'clock, you can get all the links at RonShowATL.com. Have a great night. <laughs>